Good morning. We welcome you to our Easter Sunrise live stream service. We are so glad that you've gotten up early to join us for worship at this unique time. A time of the day where darkness turns to light, a time of the day that symbolises hope, possibility and new beginnings. We hope that from the comfort of your home today, you still feel something of the wonder and awe of this morning. A morning where we celebrate the power of the resurrection and the impact that has on our lives and on our world. We invite you to join us in prayer. God of Easter hope, the fragrance of life infuses the air because your steadfast love endures forever. We who are dispersed across location and place are as one, overwhelmed by the magnitude and breadth of your grace. Love that risked all in the face of rejection by the very ones whom your life was spent. Yet you became their salvation. You have become our salvation. On the cross, your arms were spread wide, not because of the rusty nail, but because this is the way that you chose to embrace the world through death. Yet we, your people, are buoyed with an expectant anticipation of seeing you risen here among us this Resurrection Sunday, wherever we are. Lord, our desire is to share your resurrected life, not to save our own skins, but because we have come to learn that you designed life to be about community and not self. We long to share your resurrected life because we live in a world that is increasingly becoming a place of fear, of grief, of hopelessness. Risen one, we abandon ourselves to your infinite love again so that the world might recognize that the people of your church are people of the resurrection. This is a marvelous thing in our eyes for we realize that it can be only you're doing. In the name of the Christ, through the Spirit, we pray. Amen. So we're going to invite you this morning to join us. A couple of weeks ago, we were able to record a small brass ensemble for this very moment. So join with us as we reflect on the majesty and glory of the risen Jesus with the hymn, Thine is the Glory.
morning we're going to read the scriptures from John chapter 20. And so I'm going to start at the beginning of that chapter and I invite you to join with me as we read. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. She ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, breathlessly panting. They took the master from the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. Stooping to look in, he saw the pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloths lying there and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but separate, neatly folded by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, went into the tomb, took one look at the evidence and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The disciples went back home. We'll continue that reading in a a moment, but I invite you to join um, our musicians as we continue to sing praise to the one who conquered death. Sing praise forever to the King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word. From a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the
We're going to continue our reading from John chapter 20, starting at verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she knelt to look into the tomb and saw two angels sitting there dressed in white, one at the head, the other at the foot of where Jesus' body had been laid. They said to her, woman, why do you weep? They took my master, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. After she said this, she turned away and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to her, woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She, thinking that he was the gardener, said, mister, if you took him, tell me where you put him so I can care for him. Jesus said, Mary. Turning to face him, she said in Hebrew, Rabboni, meaning teacher. Jesus said, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I ascended to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went, telling the news to the disciples, I saw the Master. And she told them everything he said to her.
Over the last few weeks, we've discussed some of the world's words and phrases spoken by Jesus as he hung on the cross. Today, I want to take a look at his final words from John chapter 19, verse 30. When he'd received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed, up his head, bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So Jesus said, it's done, and he died. It seemed like that was it. The whole thing was over. But today, we celebrate the fact that even though it was finished, Jesus wasn't. On the cross, Jesus gave up his spirit and died, but with his divine power, three days later, he came back to life. Today reminds me that this Jesus I worship is really the Son of God. He wasn't just a magician, miracle worker, teacher, prophet, or leader. He was and is actually God. Today, we remember the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection witnessed by hundreds in those few months following his crucifixion. The resurrection that was so powerful that many of his followers chose to die rather than deny it. The resurrection that was the catalyst for wholesale transformation of human society. The resurrection that has caused billions of people over the last 2,000 years to follow him. Today, we celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the fact that it was finished, but Jesus wasn't. There's a story from earlier in Jesus' life where a woman caught in adultery was thrown at Jesus' feet by religious leaders and lawyers. She must have thought she was finished. She knew the law. She'd always known the law. She knew she was caught, obviously. And I think part of her was wondering why she hadn't been killed by stoning already. In the middle of all of this, after writing something in the sand, Jesus says to the condemning crowd, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then, as, as Jesus writes on the ground some more, one by one, members of the crowd put down their stones and walked away until none are left. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. The woman had thought it was over, had thought she was finished. But she wasn't. And Jesus stepped into the situation and by the end, the condemnation and shame was finished. When Jesus said it is finished and died on the cross, he is doing for us exactly what he did for that woman. He is finishing the condemnation and shame in our lives. You may not have committed adultery, but I've been a pastor long enough and counseled and consoled enough people to know that there are plenty of other things in your life, big and small, that cause you to feel flawed, unworthy and condemned. Think back just on the last year. I'm sure there are things that have happened in your life, whether they've been things that you've done or, or things that have been done to you, things that hurt, things that frustrate, things that anger, things that, that when they're all added up, make you feel pretty flawed, unworthy and condemned. Jesus was standing up for all of us in the face of that condemnation and shame because you have to ask yourself, why? Why would he do that? Why would he go through all of that? And the simple answer is love. God loves you. Yes, that's, that's nice, but... Why? Why does God love you? It's a great question, isn't it? All I can tell you is that he does. God loves you. He obviously thinks you're worth it. He thinks you're worth the effort, the pain, the sacrifice, the bloodshed. The most famous Bible verse in the world is probably John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, 
But whoever doesn't believe stands condemned already because they have not accepted and believed the name of God's one and only son. The question I ask you this day is this. Do you believe it? Do you believe God thinks you're worth it? In the face of everything you've done and everything that has happened to you, do you really believe God thinks you're worth it? I hope you do. Because resurrection says that he does. Stop for a moment with us and reflect on that truth as we sing, Oh, praise the name. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears.
for joining us this morning. We invite you to continue to worship with us and the rest of the Salvation Army in Australia at 9.30am for a traditional Salvation Army service or 11am for a contemporary service. So join us for either meeting or, or maybe both at uh, facebook.com slash othersau. Let me offer you the benediction. Now may the God of peace, that is the source of serenity and well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to who is the glory, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.